the perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features ensure that you can take on any adventure. What kind of features? Well, how about the available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud? Or the standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together? How about available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone? We're always trying to think about those great spring and summer getaways, but with a car like the Hyundai Santa Fe, anywhere can be your next adventure. To learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe, go to HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast with your hosts, Chip Patterson, Tom Fernelli, Danny Cannell, and Bud Elliott. It's your call for the best college football coverage from National Signing Day to the National Championship and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the Cover 3 Podcast. And welcome back to the Cover 3 Podcast here on CBS Sports. That's Tom Fernelli. That's Danny Cannell. That's Bud Elliott. I'm Chip Patterson coming to you live at youtube.com slash cover three and everywhere you get your podcasts on demand. Thanks for hanging out. Smash that subscribe. Smash the like and come and join us in the chat, State. a.k.a. Yards, the Cup of Three tailgate, where the locks are already flowing with our wonderful community. And it's a reminder that this episode of the Cover Three podcast is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more. We've got pretty big week on deck we already broke it down in big game breakdown so make sure if you have not you go back as we go inside the matchup we went heavy on ohio state penn state also in the flow i didn't even realize but you start to look at like the breakout segments i'm like all right that's a that that is what the fans deserve for a matchup of that magnitude we of course will uh, offer any locks for that for that game coming up here in just a little bit but we begin, as we always do, with a look back at the results from last week. Bud Elliott, the 6-4 and four week. The wins include the over in West Virginia-Houston, Texas A&M team total under 26.5, Florida State minus 17.5, Navy-Charlotte under 43.5, Auburn team total under 24, and FAU plus 3. The losses were the Oregon State team total under 29.5, Georgia minus 31, Kentucky minus two and a half and the UNLV Nevada under 54. And as you will hear, it was, uh, it was a, uh, you know, it's not a sad UNITY, but you know, it's, it's not that same, same pizzazz when, uh, when Latifa gets a push, but Bud was in on that as well. Uh, six and four for the week brings you to 41 and 36 for the season. Bud, what were the big takeaways from the week? 
Georgia should somehow signal us that they're just going to come out and run stuff that they've been struggling to run. And like, like they basically treated the Vanderbilt game like a scrimmage, honestly. Like if, you, if, if you go back and look at it, it's like, okay, this is some of the stuff they've been struggling to do. They just try to go out there and rep it during the game, which, you know, is, is definitely going to kill that. Um, uh, yeah. You got beat up in a lock fight. Uh, it's yeah. not my fault because Georgia didn't try hard enough. Uh, none, of the, uh, none of the losses were close. None of the wins were close. They all were just decided like it was there was no sweat in the entire week. Oh, that's too bad. It was weird. Yeah, this was this was the most rocking chair week I think I've ever had on this show. Uh, again, uh, 41-36 for the season. Uh, I went five and three. The wins included Tennessee minus three, UNC team total over 30 and a half, Michigan team total over 39 and a half, Duke minus three, and the Air Force team total over 26 and a half. Uh, took a loss on Purdue plus 19 and a half. Br- brutal finish on Virginia, Ta- Virginia Tech Wake first half under 23 and a half. That was 24 points with an 50-yard touchdown pass. Uh, who is who is expecting that sort of uh, development in uh, the opening of a double body blow first half under? But hey, that was uh, that was the sweat for me. And of course, uh, I also took a loss on the UCLA Oregon State under fifty four and a half. A push on Oregon five and three for the week brings me to thirty one and thirty one on the season. Danny. Three and five week. The wins included Tennessee minus three, uh, Florida State minus 17 and a half, and the Iowa Wisconsin under 34 and a half. The losses were the Oregon Washington under 67 and a half, Louisville minus seven and a half, Buffalo minus three and a half. Oh, tough, tough for our guy, Kevin Carter. And then, uh, and then Georgia minus 31 in that bar fight loss, along with your Seminole compatriot there. Uh, three and five for the week, but woo. Still uh, leading the pack, 38 and 28 on the season. Big notes from week seven. Felt like I was cooling off. You guys knew that. I didn't feel great about last week's picks. So I dialed back. Sometimes good to have a little cash on the side, keep it on the table uh, to jump back in this weekend. Oregon, Washington, boy, I was loving the decision for man, uh, Dan Lanning to go for it. I thought if they got that, they would have iced the game. The under would have hit. Uh, the Louisville one was the only one that it was really, really wrong on. Uh, congrats to you, Chip, for getting that win outright. Um and then the Buffalo one, yeah, bad intel from the insider information. And I'm with I'm with Bud on the Georgia one. That was very – if we would have known what we know now, we uh-huh. would not have made that bet. Yeah, if you'd have known not to mess with me, we would have <laughs> made if, that bet. Like, my, Mike Bobo did not even flip to the back of the play card, right? Like, I mean, it was just, <laughs> yeah. we're, we're just doing, like, spring game approach the rest of the way. But, yeah, hey. It was, my, it was Mike Bobo's fault that Vandy scored on, like, the very first play of the game. <laughs> and they got a strip sack fumble. Yeah. It's totally Mike Bobo's fault. Listen, Tom, Tom's Tom's talking a lot. And why? Because he had the best daggum week of any of us. Eight and four on the week. He sprayed the board and it brought him home. The wins were the Texas A&M, Tennessee under 55, uh, Florida plus two and a half, that Vanderbilt plus 31 and a half. Also, Iowa, Wisconsin under 34 and a half, Ohio, Northern Illinois under 44 and a half, Akron, Central Michigan under 43 and a half. Windy UNLV, Saturday. UNLV minus nine and the Iowa State, Cincinnati under 44 and a half. The lone, uh, the very few losses, Oregon State team total under 29 and a half. Miami, Ohio, Western Michigan under 44 and a half. Uh, BYU plus six. And then, of course, the push. Oh, and then uh, USC Notre Dame under 60 and a half and a push on Oregon. Tom, what what are we taking away from uh, from the best week of the group? 
Uh, wind is great. Love wind makes for winners and wonders. Uh, the BYU one was the only one I felt I was way off on, but that was just, again, like I said earlier in the week, I forgot that TCU's backup quarterback is always the best quarterback in the country. So I'm going to stop betting against him. All right. That's it. We always, we, we got to have that instant snap and go. All right. We're moving on to the next play. We're moving on to the next week, week seven in the books. It's in the rear view. We look ahead to week eight. And I say, gentlemen, y'all ready to lock it up? Let's go. Let's do it. Since 2005, the under in games between service captains is 40 9 and 1. We're picking locks. Give me an over in this one as well. A little two for one special. Don't get these locks. I was a sicko last week. Y'all were watching the good games. I was live betting the hell out of ULM, Kentucky. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm, I'm, I'm living and dying every, every point, every cover. From the locking chair to your ears and eyes, we begin with the early bird action Thursday night. Massive game. James Madison on the road at Marshall. Also, little note here, at Rice Tulsa, they will be trying to break the Guinness Book of World Records for the largest beer tasting. Currently, the record is around 1,200, like 1,230-some-odd beer tasting at the same time. So if you would like to go to Rice Tulsa and you are interested in tasting three different kinds of beers under the supervision of someone from the Guinness Book of World Records, that can be part of your Thursday. Just just giving you the advice. But for the locks, anybody got Thursday night locks? I'm not locking it up for the show, but I am on the over in James Madison Marshall tonight. 49 and a half. I don't love the number, which is why I'm not locking it up but I do think we're going to get a higher scoring game than that. What's the um, James Madison threw it all around the yard last week. Um, Mm -hmm. What's your lean on who wins James Madison. It's a wagon. I know it's tough going in a short road or short week on the road, tough place to play, but Marshall's on a short week too. I just think James Madison is a little bit better, better quarterback, just better team. Anybody else got anything for Thursday night? We are. James used the right side, but you don't uh, want to do three and a hook. For yeah, a team. I, I, I would need three. J, JMU, despite the fact that I, I do think they're probably the best team in the Sun Belt, uh, has played a lot of really close games this year. Right. So I might um, take Marshall. Matters. You might wow. take Marshall with the three and the hook. Are you going to lock it up, or just like you would let's lock take- it up? Oh, okay. So, let's go. Last this week was tentative. This week we're all in. Let's this go. week we're just firing. Remember, Dude. I almost had them. Almost had the win of the year uh, at NC State. That shootout that they had. Mm-hmm. I know they lost last week. Playing at home, though, that's one thing I've been trying to find is home dogs. I'll take the three and a hook because I don't know if I feel as confident they'll win. But this this league is pretty evenly matched. Some really good talent in it. I can get see your four. Madison go on the road. You can get me four. Perfect. Oof. Yeah, but I'm with you on the James Madison plays close games. Obviously, last week wasn't, but you know that's it's definitely been uh, something that has been in their habits. Friday, do you want to see a dead body? SMU plays Temple. <laughs> Anybody got a lock for SMU and Temple? Home dog. <laughs> I ain't touching that one. Wait, okay, I was like, man, we're, we're about to I ain't play touching this. that one. Buddy, gonna jump on it. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Lay, lay, lay it with SMU. Um, 
I watched that Temple game last week. I, I was live betting a little bit. And, I mean, it's Temple, North Texas. North Texas is still, for my money, the worst defense in the country. And for the first two drives, Temple's like, okay, like moving the ball because Warner got got ruled out with a concussion. So they had to start Quincy Patterson. So they're they're running like modified Wildcat, I guess you could say. Like, I don't want to disrespect Quincy Patterson, but that's basically what they're doing. Uh, Temple lost their center again in this game, Rodriguez, who – when he's been out, like this is it's it's been an adventure. Uh they, they are just a mash unit, honestly. Uh just looking at all, all the injuries for Temple. Uh so I, I do like SMU here. And importantly, North Texas for the final 40 minutes of the game, they're like, oh, we didn't know the quarterback was going to be out because they run more kind of air raid-ish stuff with Warner in. Let's adjust. And at halftime, they totally adjusted and, and Temple had nothing for them in the second half. When I look at SMU, uh, if you're going to lay a big number like this on the road in a conference game, I, I, I do want to check for a couple things. Like, one, do they have anybody coming up? No, they have Tulsa at home next and then at Rice. So, two, like, what's the coach's MO? Is he somebody who wants to run it up? Is he somebody who wants to cover? Dude, SMU has not been scoring. This is a Rhett Lashley team. Okay, mm-hmm. this offense is not as good as it was last year. The defense is better than people realize. Think about it. So far, they've scored 38 on La Tech at home, which cool. They've scored 11 at Oklahoma. They scored 17 at TCU. Moved the ball better than the 17 point w- would imply. And it, they scored 34 on Charlotte, which Charlotte's actually a pretty good defense for the American. And then last week, they scored 31 at ECU. That's not a lot of points. Man, if I'm an offensive coach, I, I want to see a 50 burger here. Like, th- this is a good chance for me. Like, I. I think Lash is doing a great job, and SMU is a great place to work. But also, he could be in the mention for big-time jobs if we get total coaching carousel chaos this year. Getting those offensive numbers up after kind of a slow start for this offense could help. So I, I'm going to lay it. Also, <laughs> Temple might just be on quit watch. It's a big-time job. The what now? It's an ACC job. It's a big-time job. That is true, actually. Like They they, they have real NIL money. They, they, they pay well. It, mm-hmm. It's an ACC job. It's... I'm laying it. I under under three touchdowns too. If you think there's motivation for hitting the gas under three touchdowns, um, you know, I I can definitely rock with that. Coming up on the other side, we begin our look at Saturday with the biggest game of the weekend: Ohio State and Penn State in Columbus. Locks for that, and Alabama, Tennessee, Florida State, Duke, USC, Utah, Clemson, Miami, and the full Saturday card next. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
This Saturday, a huge afternoon of college football on CBS kicks off at noon Eastern with undefeated 22nd ranked Air Force taking on Navy. Then at 3.30, the SEC on CBS features a rematch of one of last year's most memorable games when 17th ranked Falls go on the road against number 11 Alabama. A college football doubleheader coming up this Saturday on CBS and streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Well, let's begin with uh, let's let's begin with the action in Columbus right now. Uh, we've got Ohio State favored by four four and a half over under around forty five and a half or so. Anybody got a lock for the Nittany Lions and the Buckeyes? I do. I do too. Go over. Look, I I discussed it a little bit in Big Game Breakdown, and you know, I. I will say that at first it was kind of anecdotal, right? Like I was like, I don't know, man, these, these games get kind of crazy. These games tend to go a little bit sideways from time to time. So then I decided, I was like, all right, well, let's, let's go back. Ohio state's on a six game winning streak. Let's see what those totals have been. 75, 57, 63, 45, 53 and 77 points. And right now we are looking at Penn state's defense as one of the best in the country. We are looking at Ohio state's defense as answering the call for, you know, improvement on that side of the ball as the Buckeyes defense kind of got uh, cooked a little bit against the very, very best competition that they had to play last year. There are so many scores that I can imagine that would feel like lower scoring games and still get over 45 and a half. 27, 24, that's a winner. You know, like the, you don't even need to get to 30 to get there. And I just think that when you have a, a Penn State offense that as Tom wrote about on CBSSports.com, has really been dinking and dunking its way, very methodical with its approach. Buddy, whatever you got in the bag, you're going to need it here. Ohio State does lean on explosive plays, but it is the nature of this heavyweight bout, which has me thinking there will be a special teams or defensive touchdown or impactful play to make a touchdown drive easier. It has me thinking that uh, there will be mistakes. There will be something that will produce the easy scores, similar to what we saw last year. Big swings of momentum back and forth. I just keep running this game in my mind and coming up with too many results that are north of 45 and a half. Too, too many athletes on the field. We're going over. Fight. Yes. Fight. 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 I, I don't see it with the offenses this year. I know that they've been more shootouty in the past, but the defenses the last couple of years, I mean, Penn State's defense has been pretty okay for the most part the last few years but it's much better this year than it has been. Ohio State's defense, one of the primary reasons they haven't been winning the Big Ten the last two seasons is because defensively they just haven't been nearly as good as they had been towards like the end of the Urban Meyer era and the first year or two of Ryan Day's tenure. This year, I think they're finally getting there. I think we've talked about it a ton on the show. The defensive front is really good. The secondary is improving. I don't think it's great yet, but I don't think Penn State is the kind of offense that could really – take advantage of any possible weakness with this team because Penn State to this point, as you mentioned that I wrote about, they haven't shown a willingness to try to take advantage of somebody's secondary. It's a whole lot of short passes and trying to get yards after the catch and just taking care of the football, playing complimentary football, Iowa fans, complimentary football where the offense actually does its job. So I don't, I don't think the winning team in this game scores more than 24 points. I mean, it could be 24 to 23 and I could lose, but I think this is a 24 to 20, 
23-17 kind of game. I do not think the offenses are going to have the best of this because I don't think Penn State is going to do what it's done all year and put together a bunch of seven, eight, nine play touchdown drives against this Ohio State defense. And Ohio State's offense has struggled in the red zone pretty badly compared to what you typically see. Like they're not one of the worst in the country, but they're like average as far as the national numbers are concerned. And Penn State is not going to let give up the kind of chunk plays that they get. And plus, I expect that they're going to play. I think they're being coy. I think that, you know, a big game, some of these guys will maybe, you know, decide they, they could play through it. But I don't know that they're 100% healthy yet at the running back position or if Emeka Ibuka is 100% and if he's going to be limited in any way. And I think this Penn State defense, like we saw Notre Dame do, they were able to not take him away, but they limited Ibuka and Harrison. If Ibuka is less than 100% and it's a bunch of freshmen out there who haven't played on the road in this kind of environment, I think, you know, or I'm sorry, Ohio State's at home. Scratch that part. But I just think that in this kind of game, I don't know if you can count on young guys without a ton of experience to have huge games. Now, we've seen it before. Like, we remember Jackson Smith and Jigba's freshman year. Like, was it the Penn State game or the Michigan game where he just kind of blew up in his first kind of experience in that kind of game? But I just don't see it this week. I don't think either quarterback is good enough to really tear the other defense apart. I think they're both fine. I don't think they're elite. So, under. Hmm. So we have two guys on opposite ends of the spectrum. Oh, buddy. Which way do we go? You know, this last week I was on with Bud. Maybe I just had the wrong partner. Maybe maybe, maybe I needed to select somebody else to take Fornelli out back to the woodshed. I did a little research, too. See the numbers there on the side right there? Yeah. That's, that's the list. That's all the totals. Went to Winsipedia, grabbed the old calculator because I'm not smart enough to do it in my head. <laughs> tallied them all up they would have gone over 45 since james franklin got to penn state over 45 you would the worst case scenario would have been pushes because i did see somebody in the chat so we can get 45 is that true I, i'm looking on spank odds and i do not see a 45 it don't matter Neither do i so i'd still be eight and two or whatever it is give me the over got, give me what chip i think also Fine. the other thing too and we mentioned this yesterday on the on the preview was like pick sixes, like those those defenses are good. Like JTT, you know, that type of game where all of a sudden you have a defender who takes over it, but also helps you get short fields, quick touchdowns. Um, so, yeah, I like the over too. And Marvin Harrison Jr., like I feel like he alone is 14 points walking at some point. Especially you know, like in, this, in game. this game. Yeah. yeah. This one where I expect him to show out. Over 45 for me is probably something I'll bet, but like it's not available that that, that I can find. I, 45 is really key. 24, 21, 28, 17 are, are very common scores in a game like this. I, I think that the you know the the lack of scoring so far from these offenses is largely priced in to what we're at currently. So it's like I mean, you'd kind of bet like under 48 and a half. I, I would take over 45. I, I think the number is pretty good right now you know do you have a lock on the game no I, I i don't i it's hard for me to bet under it's hard for me to bet under here with with the quality of athlete on the field right like you just you have a lot of difference makers on both sides so maybe that just means hey they're just both gonna you know be shut down the whole time it's entirely possible right i, I don't think penn state has hidden their offense for six weeks but um maybe they if it makes sense like they would have tried to break it out more uh, when they were down to Northwestern. Uh, but 
I just think it's roughly a good number right now. What about the side? We've all we've all given uh, our own thoughts on this total. Ain't nobody giving an edge one way or the other. Uh, how about this? It's four and a half. Do you think Ohio State wins the football game? I don't know. Let me go find a coin. I mean, yeah. Otherwise, I'd be bet. If I really thought Penn State was going to win, I'd have to bet Penn State. It's with the four and a half. Yeah. Now, I, yeah, I think I, either Ohio State wins and covers or Penn State wins the game. Oh, there's no split the baby. Like that, it is one way or Although the other. James Franklin in these games, his record isn't good, but against the spread, he's been great in this matchup. James Franklin as a dog has been good, but he's one and eight outright against Ohio State. Um, I'm fired up. I just worry about show chemistry when I keep beating you guys up every week. <laughs> Listen, I really want to take the fuck, guys. <laughs> no one else is taking no one else is taking a side in this game no no i don't i don't know who's going to win and i can get four or four and a half is the lowest i can get done four are there four all layers gone four and a half i'll lay them go ahead give me the buck oh a two for one special let's go two for one special let's do it uh, Kyle McCord, we've seen him tested. We've seen him make big plays under duress in South Bend, game on the line. We've seen him at Maryland. You know, tight game, comes out, second half, breaks it open. Uh, even Indiana, like he had to go through the quarterback battle. He's been under pressure that he will feel in this game. Drew Aller hasn't. Like he hasn't had this type of hostility that he's going to face. He hasn't staked this type of pressure. I don't think he's faced a defense like this. Give me the Buckeyes. Love it. Lame. Love to get a two for one spec. I mean, I mean, Kyle be- McCord did face a defense like this, and he didn't exactly do well. <laughs> <laughs> like he had a great drive at the end, but he wasn't a, wasn't a great game. It was a long time ago, all right? Yeah, that was. <laughs> oh boy, that was a, a career defining drive too. <laughs> it all turned around right there. Um, hey, I mean, look, Danny, you're gonna be there. You need like nine different ways. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, all right, now let's turn our attention from that was in the noon window and then at 3.30, the SEC on CBS game of the week. It is Tennessee at Alabama. Nine and a half or so. Yeah, nine points over under a 48 and a half. Anybody got a lock on the Vols and the Tide? It's moved to nine this morning. I don't have the full... Um, Yes. Odds board up, but I, I do see it at uh, I, I see no, eight, no, eight actually, it's uh, uh, there is a nine up. No, it looks like like seven and a half, eight, a little eight and a half. There, there's oh, it's just going down a little bit. I mean, really, like eight matters somewhat because of overtime potential and some of the two point stuff that coaches do now, but like it's seven and a half, eight, eight and a half, nine is still dead zone ish. Um, anybody got a lock? Jeez. I mean, am I going to be the only one that makes any plays? Like, I don't want to be that guy. I mean, I'm, I'm already spraying the board. I've already got four picks out there. These teams are well covered by, by this deep into the season. Like, everybody has a pretty good feel for what they are. Like, I, I don't have an angle. Like, I, I, don't, I don't know. Uh, so you're saying that with a common opponent of Texas A&M, with one game that was 26 to 20 and one game that was, what, 20 to 13, six-point result, seven-point result, you don't think the Vols can stay within nine points? The Crimson I Tide? do. I do. Yeah. Give me the Vols. There you go, Jordan. You're welcome. <laughs> um, 
I think I, I would lean towards the under two, um, but I'm not going to take a two for one special on this one. Uh, I do think the defenses are going to show out. Like that to me is this the difference in this game. I mean, we saw, I think Alabama is very much a big play offense. Man, if you just keep them in front of you and make them drive the length of the field and break up a couple 50 50 balls on the outside, you can keep it within one possession. It's too many points. Take that. You know what? I'm going to fight Danny on this. Oh, boy. Fight. 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 I got to I got to go catch him. Um obviously like like he's he's got the lead on me this year. I I slight lean to Alabama. You know Jalen Milrow only has 68 designed runs on the year. The rest is all scramble. Yeah. It's not who much. Who was it? Did you hear I forget who it was. It was I forget who I saw an analyst who had talked to some Bama coaches when we were having the whole Milrow needs to run the RPOs more. And somebody said, well, he doesn't like to run them. Like, he doesn't like to do RPOs. Maybe that has something to do with it. I mean, that's... Uh, that's a choice. In their offense looks like it sometimes. <laughs> right? I uh, I just think this is the, the design run game for Milrow. You guys yeah, can middle this. Got to buy, gotta buy next week. What's the... Uh, What's, I what's get Bud seven and a half. I can get Danny eight and a half. So we can middle this. Let's go. Listen, this rivalry's been going on since the 1920s. Might be a game that looks like the 1920s. There's a lot of defense, field position, running that daggum football. Tell you what, whoever gets to light cigars after uh, after the game in Brian Denny Stadium, it's going to be uh, of the vintage variety. Uh, let's Does take it on. Does Caesars have nine or no? Is that too much juice? I don't. I see minus one ten. What number? What number is this game? Three ninety nine, four hundred. Yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah, nine Caesar there. Yeah, Caesar says nine. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well then. Whoa. Still the Whoa. same middle, but we're fighting out here, clawing for the hooks. Oh, hey, clawing Chip, for those points. I don't. I don't want to spoil anything possible later. But do you think like the two no boys fighting could be bad, bad mojo oh. for a certain game this week? I don't no. know. I don't well, know. Such a seminal hater. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I did think about writing an AI bot that will predict. The reporter's tweets on Saturday earlier in the week based on what the Vegas line moves do. Like, you know, on Saturday morning, we get all the stuff like this guy is, 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 you know, he'll warm up and we'll see. And Vegas is like, this dude ain't playing. Oh, 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 I got you. The, the, the flood that starts Friday night of all the scheduled tweets when like it's like, bra, 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 mm-hmm. and everybody reacts, but Vegas has already been on it for three Meanwhile, days. Meanwhile, the, bo- the board lights up on, on, on Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, go grab some lunch while you guys make some picks. I mean, I'm way ahead of you guys. Let's go. All right, Florida State hosting Duke. Florida State 21 and 0 against the Blue Devils. It's homecoming. Is Riley Leonard going to play? Do you feel confident in that? Does it matter? 14, 14 and a half over under around 49 or so. Who's got a luck? Nothing. I've got nothing for this game. <laughs> nothing? I mean, I thought it was a good bet at 14. 14 and a half is, is not like lock territory for me. I actually was leaning towards Duke, but I don't want that bad vibes. I don't want those out <laughs> in, in the universe. Fighting Bud, yeah. taking Duke. Wow. 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 Bad week for the Nulls. I didn't take anything. <laughs> um, all right. That, it, 
I guess we we did cover that one extensively in big game breakdown. It, so much of this depends on Leonard, whether Leonard can be healthy enough to not only play, but be effective in the run game and make plays with his legs. Like Florida State. But if yeah. we if all of a sudden Leonard's out there warming up and he goes and it gets below 14, are you jumping on it then? I mean, I'd, I'd want to see what he looks like in warm-ups, but I'd, yeah. I think the best scenario here is they do the warm-up dance again, the tweets come out, people bet it, and then you get a number under 14 and a half, maybe goes to 14, you know, juice 05 or something like that, and then you're able to take layup issue at a little bit cheaper price than that, and, uh, and then he doesn't go. Right. I'm sure they'll do the warm-up dance again. They, they, they did it against NC State, and he had no chance of playing. Yeah. So. Did you see that question? Bud, what do we think? Uh, FSU minus seven first half. I mean, it, it's. I don't hate it. It's I don't the same as the full game. <laughs> yeah, a little, little less backdoor. Uh, yeah. Duke has not been doing the tempo in these big games, which is interesting. Yeah. Like they're traditionally kind of more tempo e, but not so much in, in in the bigger ones. Which is why we're going on the under. Let's go. I need something. I need a sweat. Let's go. All right. That's what we got to limit their big plays. It's just so important. Travis can hurt you in so many different ways. So I know that the best path for Duke in this game is to try and let that defensive front eat. I think that they're going to put together a game plan that will um, give them the best chance to have this being a low possession game, have this being a lower scoring game, because the more possessions that you put is the more chances you could get burned by Keon Coleman and Johnny Wilson, who's been back practicing this week. The physicality advantage on the outside is significant. Duke will do everything it can, both on offense and defense, to limit the number of times that Mike Norvell and Florida State can expose that. Plus, a couple different ways for us to get home, as if Duke's offense doesn't have Riley Leonard and cannot do anything at all, well, you know, we're, we're going to be waiting to see how much Mike Norvell really wants to run it up and if Duke is successful, then I think this is a lower scoring game as well. Are there any 49 and a halfs out there? Or is there it just are. yeah, 49 and a half? Let's go. I like that bet. I like that. Okay. Um USC hosting Utah. Six and a halfs are gone. RIP to the six and a halfs. Anybody like seven for the Trojans? Nope. Yeah, give me the Trojans. Wow. Yeah, USC minus seven. Um, when Utah leaves Salt Lake City, they all of a sudden become like a stumbling, bumbling team that drops its phone in the toilet and leaves its credit card on the bar. Like it, it is not the same team at all. Not trustworthy, especially on offense. And I think, you know, last year's Utah defense um, had a lot of issues. And we talked about them leading into the season, that there was some communication stuff with the front end of the defense, the back end of the defense. They were giving up a lot of explosive plays. It wasn't really what you're used to. And then, you know, this year, especially up front, especially against the run, Utah's defense has been awesome. I think Caleb Williams is too good to have two really bad games in a row. And I think that even in the games that they lost last year, that USC lost to Utah last year, Pass game still was able to to get clicking a little bit. I think that uh, I think this is a great opponent, a better setting for USC to have a get right spot. Because remember, as much as everybody is selling all the Trojan stock, that game did not impact the Pac-12 title race one bit. So I'm going USC um, again. RIP to the six and a half. So if it comes back, love that. But I'll take the seven 
And I think the Trojans win this game by a touchdown or more. The uh, That SMU game is getting run out, by the way. Right now? So, oh. Chad, Chad, if you have not got this, you probably have about 20 more seconds before your book goes to 21. <laughs> Why you gotta listen live and watch? Listen live. Anybody and else like, like yeah. live, please? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Likes, no likes, no more locks. No, I'm, we're not gonna hold you hostage. We got too much business to get through today. Uh, anybody I else? Have, uh, I do. Utah? All right, what's up? I'm gonna take the over. Cool. Uh, I think it's a big bounce back game for USC. Last year we saw the shootout in the first game. The second game, USC was up 17 to three before Caleb Williams got hurt. So I think USC, as long as Caleb Williams is healthy, I think he does get that big bounce back. And I still – I don't care who's playing quarterback. And I think at this point, you don't even have the discussion about who's it going to be. You just know it's going to be the other dudes. So I'm going to go with the over because I think Utah can put up some points on USC's defense just like everybody else has. Yeah, if – looking at my looking at my screen, there's a 0% chance Cam Rising plays this week. Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, I, like I think it, he's it, shut down for yeah. the season. You know, like I, I, that's what I'm almost expecting. That would be my like if I had to bet on it, I would say Cam Rising doesn't play at all this year, but mm -hmm. I can't fully rule that out. There's been no real market movement that suggests that like he's playing this week, and I think yeah. it's some like this far into the week, somebody would have heard something and popped it on the screen, and Utah would have taken a pop. And you know, that I don't think so. And it's, I mean, Danny, maybe you can speak to this. You can speak to this better than I can. Um, there's something about just like when you have this huge body of work and you kind of are what you are is putting is making that change at quarterback when you've got the deficiencies at the skill positions when you've got an an offense that in general has not been very effective like cam rising is going to improve it but would it change the way that we look at utah in terms of the strengths and weaknesses oh i think he's the difference maker for okay. sure i think he is an i think he's a player and it whether it's actually the athleticism and the talent that brings it there, but also the leadership that he brings to the table, the trust, the belief, like all the kind of intangibles he brings to the table as well. I mean, he's a dynamic player. That you don't get with Nate Johnson. Right. Yeah. I got or you. Bryson Barnes, whatever. Yeah. Uh, you Experience know, factor, all those things built in. Yep. I can rock with that. Um, all right, one last one. This one also in prime time before we hit the break and open up the card. Clemson traveling to Miami. Whew. Let's go Tigers minus three. I do not try. Uh, my buddy Joe Ovius, uh, Ovius and Gilio podcast, uh, great triangle sports podcast. If you want to check in, he said, uh, you can change out who's in the polo, but it's the same damn Miami team. And at the end of this run with the Georgia tech and then North Carolina, you do everything right in the first half and then get just, sort of walked out of the door, escorted out of the club in that third quarter. I think that as you're coming back home to face a Clemson team, coming out of a bye, a Clemson team that's getting a little bit healthier, uh, I think this is a this is a bad matchup, uh, bad matchup for the Hurricanes for where they're at, and I think that Clemson will be up for it. Uh, I like the Tigers to be able to win this thing handily and cover three. Locked agreement. I, I just don't trust Miami at all right now. Like the way that they lost the Georgia Tech game followed up by last week. And then also Dabo's out there complaining about how fans just don't appreciate the team enough. You know, like, oh, you got to go undefeated or you stink. And usually like the saltier he seems in the media the week before a game, the better the team plays. So Clemson minus three. 
What's not to trust with Miami? No, I'm kidding. I'm not going to fight this. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, bud, you sent me yesterday when I dropped that Mario Cristobal is not beating an ACC team at home, and you said, really? <laughs> As if bud hasn't said that stat 25 times since the Georgia Tech game. I, I did. If they lose this, I do think the streak comes to an end next week, and we have already started working on the art congratulating Mario and the Canes on getting an ACC home win. It did, you know, over a calendar year, uh, it would be. But whose fan base is more upset with the loss? Uh, Clemson's, Clemson's by far. Yeah. Miami's will just move on to heat preseason. <laughs> Clemson fans work with Those Carolina fans. Are good this year, Tom. There, there's crossover there, right? Like, and they're going to be like, oh, Carolina fans like we we smoked Miami. You guys lost him. That sucks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it, it, in the that's a tough one in the office on Monday if Clemson loses this. I would I would agree with that. Tough one on the message boards too. You know yeah. if Miami loses. Coming up on the other side, we open up the entire week eight board for Saturday with more of our locks and money line sprinkles next. Robert Half Research indicates nine out of ten hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Let's take a look at what we've got on the board so far. Bud sitting on SMU minus 20 and a half. That is a Friday night game. Uh, then Alabama minus seven and a half in the SEC on CBS game of the week. Uh, Chips got Penn State, Ohio State over 45 and a half. Clemson minus three, USC minus seven in the Duke FSU under 49 and a half. Danny is on the Penn State, Ohio State over 40. Five and a half. Tennessee plus nine. Ohio State minus four and a half. Marshall plus four. And the Utah USC over 53. Tom's got the Penn State, Ohio State under 45 and a half. And Clemson minus three. Lock fight between Bud and Danny on Alabama, Tennessee. Bar fight with Chip and Danny against Tom on the total in Penn State, Ohio State. Lock agreement with Chip and Tom with Clemson laying the field goal at Miami. All right, Tom. Uh, you have the honors on the tee box as the leader last week. Would you like to take us to the most important play of the week? Hmm. I wonder if there's a game for me to lead with. Oh, yeah, for sure. I guess, you know, might be time to update the uh, the audio on our little our little locks intro because it's no longer 49 and one. It is now 43, 10 and one. The under when service academies get together. We lost Army Navy last year. It hurt. But. I'm confident that this week, even with the total nod down to 34 and a half, that the Air Force Navy under is going to cash. Although, as I've mentioned during the offseason and I mentioned earlier this week, I do think we're on borrowed time with this trend. I think that, A, it's become way too popular now in which people are sending me TikTok videos of people I've never heard of now going to drive throughs and sharing this trend with the person <laughs> at the drive through 
it's like, okay, we're getting a little, it's a little too out there now. And also I just think with the rule changes and the clock changes in the sport and the fact that the service academies are kind of just modernizing their offenses, we're, we're, this might be the year it comes to an end, but we are going to ride it until it does because it has been too good to us and we owe it that much. So Air Force, Navy, under 34 and a half. So it's been a point's been made. Look, Air Force of these three service academies has fielded the, the most potent offense in recent years. Um, you know, they also are dealing with an injury to Zach Larrier, which I think is significant. I think we talked about that yesterday. And, you know, while you initially might think that, oh, whatever, they're just pitching it. What's the big deal? Well, you've got to make reads in that offense and you've got to make the right decisions. And I think that he has done such a good job of running that Falcons offense. It is why we have talked about it, um, you know, being one of the best against the spread covering machines. I also know that even though while, they have been putting up a bunch of points and, and having a pretty solid offense in recent years. This specific corner of the Commander-in-Chief's rivalry has led to lower point productions than what they're used to. Last season, 13-10. to 10. The year before, 23-3. to 3. All of that, of course, going well under this total. Uh, as it is principled, we take the under in Air Force Navy. Man, I really want to bet Navy here. I just they, do you really they, want to bet Navy though? Like that's <laughs> I don't right, know if yeah. anybody really wants to bet Navy. Like right Air, now. Air Force it was number one in the country in passing success rate. Now they don't pass often, but the, like the Zach Larry guy was one of the best service academy quarterbacks I've ever seen. So I think there probably is a drop off there, but Navy also gives up explosive runs, which is kind of insane. So I'm like. I, I'm just going to pass it, I, I guess. I, I don't know. All right. Um, and that game, of course, you can watch on CBS. It is going to be played in Annapolis, and uh, you can check out uh, Rich Waltz, Aaron Taylor, and Amanda Guerra on the call. Stream it on Paramount+. Plus. Look at that. All right, Bud, where do you want to go? I want to go to the Mountain West. And I want right. to hear some sicko mode music here, because this is pretty sick. Too far. Yeah. It's time for sicko mode. Let's go. I'm a little bit lower on some of the teams in the bottom of the Sun Belt. If things go wrong, they could be like UMass UConn. That's kind of like sicko mode of a sicko mode. All right. Let's go to New Mexico. Uh, Hawaii's coming in there off a difficult loss uh, to San Diego State, in which Hawaii turned the ball over four times and also allowed a blocked punt for touchdown. Uh, but they did outgain San Diego by a good bit. The offense still, uh, when it wasn't turning it over, looked okay. And New Mexico uh, is kind of on quit watch for me as well after the performance that they had against San Jose. That was like a sleepy performance by San Jose, and they dropped 50 because New Mexico didn't bother to tackle anybody. They looked a little bit like the Golden Eagles looked like on, what was that, Wednesday night or whatever <laughs> night that Southern Miss game was. 55-3 on Tuesday. <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and lay the point here and have confidence that Hawaii can go out and score. And I don't know that New Mexico's – I don't I don't think they're amazing on offense. Like, they're improved, but I, I, I think Hawaii can go on the road and get the win. So go ahead and give me that Hawaii minus one. It's 5 o'clock kickoff here central. What time is that in Honolulu? Like 11 a.m.? I don't know. I don't you, know minus, you, go, you, go, you go minus six from the eastern time zone. Are you trying to body? Wait, but it's in New Mexico. 
That's what I'm saying. It might be body clock issue for Hawaii. They're not used to playing that early in the day. Well, it'd be mountain time zone, so that'd be a one o'clock kickoff in Hawaii, right? <laughs> I don't know. I can't remember the time difference. So yeah, it's probably only that's that's fine. One o'clock's fine as long as it's not morning. Legendary uh, game quality score on that Hawaii New Mexico game. <laughs> I, that is one of the sickest that we've had this year, right? <laughs> well, the um, there there's another one out there uh, this week that is is lingering. I, I wonder if anybody's going to sniff it. We'll see. Is it a Mac game? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. There's. A, yeah. There's mm. just mm, just amazing, amazing stuff right there. Uh, Danny, where do you want to go? I got a little bit of a theme with mine uh, this week, but I will start uh, at noon in Norman, Oklahoma, where we haven't seen the Sooners since that game against Texas. A little bye week coming back. Uh, where did their quarterback come from? UCF. Yeah. Do you guys remember uh, who was his offensive coordinator there early in his career? Jeff Levy. Yeah. Do you guys remember when Josh Heupel took the job at Tennessee? Dylan Gabriel, a lot of former UCF players. They, you know, who they wanted to be their next head coach? The, Jeff the, Levy. Mm. Public campaign taken out there. I think Jeff Levy probably wanted that head coaching gig. He probably would have said that would be a nice opportunity, but they went a different direction. Dylan Gabriel in that Heisman conversation. Give me the Sooners. Lay them. I think this is a big win for Oklahoma. Healthy at home. I know John Rice Plumley's playing. He's coming back. I think that Oklahoma defense is for real. I think they'll keep him in check. So, lay them. Fuck agreement. <laughs> yeah, um, there's... There are two teams in the country who are undefeated uh, straight up and against the spread. Penn State's one, the Oklahoma's the other. And we have seen in these games at home, like Oklahoma kills teams at home this year. That's just the way it's worked. Like they overwhelm them with their talent and they just don't stop. So, yeah, Oklahoma minus 17 and a half. If it's under three touchdowns, I'm very comfortable with the Sooners in this spot. Fight, 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 fight. So Vibe GPT and I were talking this morning. And Vibe GPT was like, have you seen all of the social media posts of all these Oklahoma players? It seems like they've been spending a lot of time really loving how they've been how they've been looked at, right? I was on CBS Sports Network on Monday. I was like, if if the college football playoff selection committee had to unveil a top four right now based only on what's happened. And they were actually following the way that they ranked these teams at the end of the season. Not sure Georgia or Michigan would be in the top four, but Oklahoma would be. And Oklahoma would have an argument for number one. And, you know, like you're getting T-shirts made. You're just really living in the glory of that win against Texas. And coming out of the off week, I just wonder if against a UCF team that, as you mentioned, Danny, is getting John Rice Plumley back. I just wonder if this gets a little shootouty to the point where UCF can hang inside the number. Admittedly, just a lot of vibes here. Just you, you've been having two weeks to hear about how awesome you are. And now I think that UCF at least has the potential uh, to be able to put a little bit of a scare in the Sooners. So, yeah, give me all those boatload of points. Seems like a lot. I Let's mean, have a lock war. Oh. <laughs> oh. Oh. All right, let's go. The world. Oh, not, not that one. <laughs> one, two, three, four. I, I declare, declare a lock war. 
Who needed this this bye week more? Oklahoma or UCF? Oh, UCF. I think UCF by a lot. I, I, I look at this game. I don't love laying huge numbers against UCF because when you're up big, you want to pass rush. And UCF is a spread option offense. And they still have the ability to hit explosive plays. And if you do get up, I know that they have a stud backup quarterback for the Sooners. However, like UCF can still hit big scores late. There's 18 and a halfs out there. Chip, man, I I like those vibes, you know. Get not 31, not 31 13, but like, you know. They listen, they they are even so John Rush Palmer's missed the last month or so. They tried to play him against Kansas, then they ended up pulling him. Gus Malzahn says he's happy now with uh, with where Plumlee's at. But even on the the season as a whole, we're still talking about yards per play, one of the top offenses in the Big 12. So uh, I I think they can scheme up enough touchdowns to be able to keep us inside this number. I do too. I don't feel bad about it. I'll happily kick you both your asses, me and Dan. I mean, I, it's like this is I'm confused because I think at this point I'm in so many lock fights and bar fights with everybody that I'm just going to close my eyes and start swinging. And you know, whoever I hit, if I hit Danny, I'm sorry. If, if, if Tom wins you. this week, he's like the new leader. <laughs> with all the games that he would gain. On yeah, everybody. yeah, yeah. Um, Reel us all in. Oh, man. <laughs> Just gonna first say, lock like, war, is that's this first lock war of the season, right? Yeah, yeah. But UC, UCF so. is losing conference games by 16 points a game. They're losing road yeah. games by 13 points a game. But hey, that's, no, that's like Oklahoma, number, Oklahoma baby. took Oklahoma was happy during its week off, so this is a great play. Good, good job, guys. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Um, let's go. All right, Tom. Let's let you go next. Where do you want to go? Uh. Hmm. I'm going to go to the game of the week, the one everybody's been talking about, the one we've been talking about, Minnesota-Iowa. It is somebody must stop the menace that is the Iowa Hawkeyes, the the papier-mâché Big West champions. It's not going to be Minnesota, though, but I don't know if I could trust Iowa to cover this spread. But you know what I am going to do? Not going to do what you think. Give me the over. <gasps> 31 and a half. Mine too little. As I have talked about, if there is a matchup in which Iowa's defense will score a defensive touchdown, this is it. Ethan Calumet at the Greek rifle will it can be baited into making throws that you don't want him to make. Iowa will bait you into making those throws. Michigan baited him into making those throws. I think Iowa's going to get at least one defensive touchdown. They might get a special teams touchdown in this game. And frankly, I know Minnesota's defense has been good the last couple of seasons. It's not as good this year. I think Iowa will be able to run the ball more effectively than it has in the last two weeks. It's not just going to be one long run and then very little else. I think that even into some stacked boxes, they'll be able to get three, four yards of carry, keep the chains moving a little bit, and put some points up. I just think that this is like a 17 to 14 or okay, 20 to 17 game, 20 to 14 game, 20 to 13. Game. You know what I mean? Like this is, it's too little. I think this is an overreaction to just how bad Iowa has been. And also like, I know I've been one of the loudest detractors of Deacon Hill and his helicopter chopper passes, but this is his third start. He's gaining experience. 
I expect he's going to be better. I know losing Eric all hurts, but I think you can do something with him, game plan his arm, you know, using the talent that you do still have available because I know Iowa doesn't have great receivers, but they do have them. And maybe now that that's all they have, they'll actually try using them. So I like the over 31 and a half. Let the children sing. Oh. Let's go. Just in the chance that Tom is a wagon all of a sudden and he's catching fire. I want to make sure I get on some of that. I, it's too low. It yeah. has to be. I, I just, the damn total's too low. <laughs> 32 and a half. Is it 31 and a half? 31 oh. and a half. Yeah, 31 and a half. Are you going to fight it, bud? I, I'm thinking about it. I, I just, <laughs> look. Penn State showed the game plan on how to take care of Iowa. You just have to be super, super patient. It's it's spiderweb, right? Like let the can they bait Kellic Menace into a, a throw? Possibly, but only if Minnesota throws. What if Minnesota has like seven passes and 38 runs in this game? I, I'm a little shocked Tom is doing it. I mean, guys, this is an anti-wonder. We are now projecting. 21.9 mile an hour wins. This is the windiest game of the day. Now you may Wind tell don't me that affect the run game. <laughs> that's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, slowest tempo pace game of the year. That's not a service academy game, right? You know, I, Iowa and Minnesota are both like 80% below national average in terms of, of tempo. So what's it going to say on the breakdown? It's going to be like scrimmage plays 51. Okay, that's actually a pretty good question. Will this game have more than 105 combined scrimmage plays? The wind gusts will be higher than the total. (laughs) (laughs) That's a very that's a very good comment, Keith. Yeah, love that. On numbers, I I really can't do it. Uh, See, but like Iowa didn't run a single play inside of Minnesota or inside of Wisconsin's twenty last week. Sorry, I I know we want locks, not Bud's internal dialogue. I, I'm gonna pass. I, damn, I, I'm I'm really close to. There's a new segment this. idea: Bud's internal dialogue. <laughs> um, oh, all right, I'm gonna take us to. Uh, I'm gonna take us to a rivalry game, which also happens to be a wrong team favorite situation. We've got a, we've we've got a coach who has been endlessly frustrating and a chance to jump on the other side. We're going to take Miami, Ohio, and we're going to eat up the two with Toledo in town. Rockets currently as a short favorite, um, headed into Oxford, Jaeger Stadium. Miami, Ohio has won six games in a row. They lost that opener to Miami on a Friday night, and then it's been UMass, Cincinnati, Delaware State, Kent State, Bowling Green, Western Michigan. Now, when you're looking at Kent State, Bowling Green, Western Michigan, you are talking about the like very bottom or at least the bottom tier of the pack of the Mac. Excuse me. Now also we're dealing with a Toledo team that has won six games in a row, but let UMass hang around a little bit and definitely could not pull away from ball state. Listen, Toledo, this is something we've discussed a lot, but if, if you have not picked up on it, Toledo has the resources where it should be the best team in the Mac almost every single season. And it often has one of the most talented rosters. And look, they just won the MAC championship. They are always in contention for the MAC championship. But they are the mess around game, and it's time to find out. And I think Miami, Ohio, the team 
that lets him know who's who and what's what. So we go Red Hawks. I mean, like, obviously I'm picking them to win the game, but if in case it comes down to something screwy for Locks purposes, I'll take the two. Don't hate it at all. 2.5 available? No. Oh, okay. Chip line value. Chip might line get there, though. Might, what? Might, might, it, it might get there. Let's monitor that by the end of the show. Okay. Um, all right, who's got work to do? Bud. I do have some work to do. All right. Uh, let's bet some unders. Everybody likes turning their TV and rooting for nothing to happen. That's what I'll be doing this Saturday. So, Rutgers goes to Indiana. I'm not expecting a whole lot of, of crazy wet weather here. Uh, what, what number game is this? 343. Yeah, 343. Rutgers, Indiana. Best I can get, it looks like, is a 40 and a half. I have like zero confidence that Indiana is going to score on Rutgers. Rutgers also does not really have a competent offense. I think Rutgers has real players on defense, though. And I think Indiana has a couple. Both these teams play an incredibly slow pace. I don't anticipate that, that the, the Knights will be throwing this ball around a whole lot. If they win this, they are bowl eligible. Light up New York City. It's going to be a massive, massive celebration. Give me the under 40 and a half, man. I, I, I think this is a game played in the 30s. Like, What's the real difference here between Rutgers, Indiana, and Minnesota, Iowa? Like, Is Deacon Hill that much worse than Indiana's quarterback? Indiana's defense is not that bad. Rutgers' defense is pretty damn good. I mean, Wimsat really can't throw effectively. You get quarterback and competence in both. In the one, I'm getting 40 and a half. The other one, I'm getting 31 and a half. Both have some wind. Lock agreement. Ooh. I don't have a solo play on the board this week. I'm involved with somebody. <laughs> Every single spot. Uh, Yeah, no, I just, I don't see, like, there's going to be weather. Neither of these offenses are great. Both of the defenses are better than where they are. And I also think that Rutgers is the better team in this matchup. And typically, like they had to come back in the fourth quarter last week to beat Michigan State. But typically when we've seen Rutgers with a lead, they just kind of sit. And they don't really try to do a whole lot because they don't want to mess up and give the other team a chance to score. So, yeah, I, I think that's exactly the kind of game it's going to be on Saturday. The, uh, the Chipolytics say that Rutgers would be a play here, but applying my own knowledge, the post-Walt Bell bounce was so strong for Indiana's offense, they got out to a 7-0 lead and asked Michigan to absolutely strangle them for the final three quarters of the game. So I don't know exactly what to do there. Um, and f- like you mentioned, Tom, at five, there's too many low-scoring results that include Indiana covering that spread, but... I like where y'all are at, and I do expect that Rutgers will win for bowl eligible because if you want to talk about vibes, you're coming off that huge comeback at Michigan State. You're on the verge of bowl eligibility. And then on the other side, you've got Indiana, which is certainly in the denouement of the Tom Allen era. And, you know, as We don't know when that'll happen, but my expectation is at some point there will be a coaching change for the Hoosiers. And so we'll, uh, we'll see when that shows up on the field for Indiana. Uh, Danny, how many you got left? Uh, I got a couple more. Uh, let's go. I got a theme. I told you I had a theme. Uh, it's Big 12 teams versus the new Big 12 teams. So older versus newer. Texas Tech traveling to BYU to uh, take on the Cougs out there in Provo. Texas Tech, three-point favorite. Lamb at altitude. 
Uh, I know they got beat by Kansas State. I think they were surprised by Avery Johnson, who ran all over them. I don't think they saw that coming. Uh, I think Keaton Slovis is a jag, if there ever was one. Uh, give me Texas Tech laying three on the road. Road favorite. Fight. <laughs> Fight. 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 I can get a little three and a half out here too. I'm, I'm, I'm seeing on, on, on the spank odds. So let me let me get BYU, and I I haven't been impressed by Texas Tech so far this year. I mean they they beat a kind of a dead Houston team. I guess that's impressive. They lost on the road at Wyoming. They lost on the road at West Virginia. I I don't think they're particularly good, honestly. Like like they have some interesting parts, but the parts don't really fit together. Uh, the quarterback that they had to put in last week at the end through three picks in a half and should have thrown five. Like it's hard to throw five interceptable passes in a half, uh, but he did. So um, this is probably the week, Danny, if, if, if you get me here, like, like it's probably, it's probably a wrap for the season. If not, I, I don't know. Um, I think I'm winding down. What uh, Tom, how many you got left Four. All right. Where do you want to go? Uh, UCLA Stanford under 54. Stanford's coming off the huge comeback overtime win at Colorado coming home. I don't think Stanford's going to have near the same kind of offensive success it had in that game. I don't know if Alec Elemeyer is going to have, you know, a thousand catches for another billion yards. And UCLA, like we've talked about it for weeks, their defense is really good. Like I know they gave up a lot of points last week to Oregon State, but you got to take the pick six out of the equation because the deep the, the uh, Oregon State defense scored some of those points but I just think uh, on the road UCLA's offense has been much worse than it has been at home their defense is good everywhere they play and I don't think Stanford can do that again so just under 54 and that one seems like a pretty logical play to me related play there uh, for me lock it up Stanford under 17 and a half team total oh just UCLA's defense so good yeah like I mean Stanford scored but Colorado has what one player who would play on UCLA's defense, and that's only if he doesn't play offense too. And Travis, what um, is anybody going to make a Texas Houston play? No, we we didn't talk about it in uh, in big game breakdown, and we're, obviously no one's bringing it up here. What in the world do you do with Texas Houston? I mean, is it just? Texas against expectations, Houston against following up the big Hail Mary win. I mean, the everything on paper says this is a three-score Texas victory, but intangibles got me spooked. It, it's the irresistible force against the immovable object. Texas red zone offense has been atrocious, and Houston lets everyone score in the red zone. So w- which of those trends will continue? Which of those trends will will alter? My My fear with this game is Texas always, you know, like, just the fear that they always play to their opponent in spots like this, and there's a letdown. But then on the other side, Houston winning in the fashion it did last week and a win that they absolutely had to have. I don't know. Like I just <laughs> feel like there might have been some celebration in Houston this week that maybe game prep might not be as great as it was for last week's game. Um, do we have a dentist play? We do. All right. I love how that sounds on a car speaker. Uh, <laughs> interesting Ole Miss game this weekend, mainly because of the coaching dynamics at play. You know Freeze wants this game badly and will put in max effort, but Kiffin would love to embarrass Freeze if possible because, remember, guys, they went back and forth for the Auburn uh, job last year. Speculation is that Freeze, uh, 
can't read that on the air because that <laughs> could be I could get a sued. That could so, be libelous. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I should I should probably read these first. So anyway, whatever it was, uh, lots of bad blood going around here, uh, which makes me a little nervous about picking this game. But Ole Miss should have a Harris back and Prescorn. Watkins is probably out though. That's the receiver, but it is important that they have Harris and Prescorn. Uh, I'm going to make two bets here. If the game is close, I love the under 55. But as mentioned, I think Kiffin would love to embarrass Freeze, and so I'll take the Ole Miss over six and a half. Sort of a hedge because if this game goes over 55, I think Ole Miss has blown them out and poured it on. Hopefully, both hit and we get a 31 17 type game. So, toothpick mo- or tooth emoji, lock emoji, under 55, Ole Miss minus six and a half. I mean, an under and an Auburn game, sure. <laughs> I'm not locking it up, but I'm not, not going to hear me uh, protesting. Um, speaking of other big games that are that we haven't gotten a chance to mention yet really this week, Michigan goes on the road to Michigan State. 24 and a half. Ooh. Let's go with what I feel really confident about. And that is that Michigan's offense is just going to continue humming. I'm seeing a Michigan team total at 34 and a half. Ooh, that's a good number. So yeah, give me Michigan team total over 34 and a half. Um, Sparty's team total is at like 10 and a half. I don't know. I could see them junking their way to 14 points. And so let's go with the Tom says, no, let's go with the thing that I am the most confident in. And by the way, Tom's call of JJ McCarthy as like the dark horse Heisman candidate that maybe if you're trying to pick someone to rise up, I, I liked that one a lot on his midseason uh, second chance expert picks. So, uh, yeah, give me Michigan team total over 34 and a half in East Lansing against Sparty. I wish we could like bet specific play type props because I would love for Michigan to troll Michigan State by running a tunnel screen in this one for a touchdown. <laughs> like a plus 300 the- cash on the troll. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the video from the Michigan tunnel last week where the band was all in dinosaur costumes? No. It's just it's 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 hilariously awkward in that like the the team's all coming out of the locker room and then the person shooting it just turns to his right and there are some like band geeks just like in inflatable dinosaur costumes waiting to get coming back off the field from the raft I love this sport so much. So much. All right. I am I'm tapped out. I think that I'm good. Until Moneyline Sprinkles, of course. But uh how I got one more. Okay. I got one more late window. I need some pack twelve after dark. Uh, Washington, as long as it's under four touchdowns, I'll lay it. Was it 27 and a half, 26 and a half? I see a couple different numbers out there. Uh, they're playing Arizona State at home. Maybe there's a little bit of worry about a hangover effect, all the celebration that took place. I would not worry about it. Arizona State lost to Colorado. They lost 26 to out there, State. Dan. What's that? 26 out there. Oh, even better. I will lay that 26 all day long. Uh, Arizona State is not very good. Washington, I think they have all the mojo, and I think they keep it going. I think Penix has a big game, and I think their defense shuts down Arizona State. Dig it. Tom, are you out? No, I've got three. All right, let's, let's rip. One is a Pac-12 play, too. Uh, Wazoo, Oregon, under 62.5. I think... We've talked about like Wazoo's offense has been banged up. I don't know what the situation is going to be there going into this one. I think coming off that loss last week, Oregon is probably going to be pretty focused and pretty just kind of set on getting this game and getting it, putting it away early, and then kind of just closing up shop and moving on. And Oregon, you know, kind of been a sneaky under team this year. Like you don't really think of it that way, but they have been. So 
Oregon Wazoo under 62 and a half. And then I've got two wonders. App State Old Dominion under 54 and South Carolina Mizzou under 60. Whoa. <laughs> it's playing with fire. Wait, what was the second one? Uh, South Carolina Mizzou under 60. You want to fight it? Not really. Okay. Uh, I, I I do have a play in that app game. I, I I'm gonna lay it with app. Circle the wagon Saturday for the Mountaineers, man. Yeah. It, if they haven't quit, yeah. I, I mean, I, I I don't think ODU's all that good, honestly. Like they're both coming off a little bit of extra rest. App played like a Wednesday or Thursday night game last week. O, ODU is off a of bye. At, ODU does some crazy stuff with with their explosive plays, and I, I think there is some sustainability in it, but maybe not like to the level that they are sustaining. Like, do we think that ODU can maintain number three in the country in passing explosiveness and number seven in the country in rush explosiveness? I, that I, I'm not totally willing to buy. Like, there's some signal. I don't know if it's, if that signal is like full go. So go ahead and lay it. Yeah, App is 3-3 three and three with losses by 6 points, 3 points, and 3 points, the most recent one being a field goal as time expires. Uh, they famously just collapsed last season at the end of the year. This is the NFL Network Game of the Week. So if you want to find App State and ODU live uh, from Virginia, you can find it on the NFL Network on Saturday night. They also have Southern, Southern Miss left after this, so that's another opportunity. But the remaining schedule after that, Marshall, Georgia State, James Madison, Georgia Southern, Got to have it Saturday for the Mountaineers if they're going to be able to get back in into the postseason contention, being bowl eligible. Uh, I have a couple more. All right, give me ECU under forty-one. Oh, that man! Now you're just continuing to speak my language. <laughs> you're talking about ECU oh. Charlotte. It's time for sicko mode. I mean, that is just. <laughs> I mean, Charlotte did not score last week, right? If I recall. I, I had the under there. That was rocking chair. Uh, East Carolina's defense is materially better than what Navy has. I don't think East Carolina's offense is any good. I do trust Charlotte's defense to continue to play hard. So that's sort of a worry of mine, by the way, this week. Like, I need Indiana not to quit for that under to happen. If they quit, you know, like just we need Indiana to at least try to win the game and, and not just totally quit. Charlotte, kind of the same thing. I need them to keep with the same approach, like run game, try to win a low-scoring game. Give me the under there. Give me the under 60 in Coastal. I am not a believer in this Arkansas State offense. Like I, I strongly think that the reason they look so good is that they played the Golden Eagles of Southern Miss. We've now seen the defense is horrid. And they played a UMass secondary where literally all four starters were out. And then they played Troy, and they got nothing. So I think it's under here. And Tim Beck also, to me, coaches like an unders coach. He does. That he does. Uh, all right, so you done? Well. I am done. All right. And Danny, you're out? All done. Tom? Done. All right. Let's review 
Bud is on. SMU minus 20 and a half. Alabama minus seven and a half. Hawaii minus one. UCF plus 18. Stanford team total under 17 and a half. Rutgers, Indiana under 40 and a half. BYU plus three and a half. App State minus six and a half. Charlotte ECU under 41. And Arkansas State Coastal under 60. I am on. Penn State, Ohio State over 45 and a half. Clemson minus three. Air Force Navy under 34 and a half. UCF plus 18. USC minus seven. Duke FSU under 49 and a half. Miami, Ohio plus two. Michigan team total over 34 and a half. Danny's got Penn State, Ohio State over 45 and a half. Tennessee plus nine. Ohio State minus four and a half. Oklahoma minus 17 and a half. Minnesota, Iowa over 31 and a half. Marshall plus four. Texas Tech minus three. Utah, USC over 53. Washington plus 26. And Tom's going with. Penn State, Ohio State under 45 and a half, Clemson minus three, Air Force Navy under 34 and a half, Oklahoma minus 17 and a half, Minnesota, Iowa over 31 and a half, Rutgers, Indiana under 40 and a half, UCLA, Stanford under 54, Washington State, Oregon under 62 and a half, App, ODU under 54, South Carolina, Mizzou under 60. We've got a bar fight on Penn State, Ohio State total. That would be Chip and Danny on the over and Tom on the under. We've got a lock fight on the Alabama-Tennessee side. Bud's taking the tide. Danny is with the Vols and the points. We also have a lock fight between Bud and Danny on BYU Texas Tech. Danny going with the Red Raiders. Bud going with BYU. We have our very first lock war of the season. UCF plus 18 for Bud and Chip. Oklahoma minus 17 and a half for Danny and Tom. Lock agreements on Clemson minus three. Air Force Navy under and Rutgers, Indiana under and minnesota iowa under all right as we turn the page this money line sprinkle segment is brought to you by FanDuel sportsbook make every moment more all right let's see money line sprinkles last week we had a Winner for Bud. Bud Cash is on Houston plus 135. We had some winners for Chip. Iowa State at plus 175. Pitt at plus 260. We had some winners for Danny, as usual. Uh, he comes in with Houston plus 135 and Oklahoma State plus 135. And Tom with the winner as well on Mizzou plus 120. Everybody with a little bit of cash to uh, get in line and get your money back. Danny's still leading the way 14 and 13 on Moneyline Sprinkles. That's up 11.8 units. I'm 5 and 14 on Sprinkles, but up 3.25 <laughs> units. Uh, Tom is 8 and 18 on Sprinkles, minus 4.78 units. And Bud is 6 and 19 on Sprinkles, down 8.35 units. Uh, Danny, what do the Sprinkles look like? All right. Uh, Cincinnati has lost four games in a row. Make it five. Baylor Bears coming to town. I can get Baylor plus 150. Uh, Tom's going to like this one. Uh, give me the Illini playing at home, Wisconsin. No Tanner Mordecai. Braden Locke steps in. I don't know. I'm wondering where this team is. Illinois coming off a nice win. Give me Illinois. Uh, the other one, West Virginia's been my money line sprinkle wagon, but I'm hopping off with Oklahoma State all of a sudden playing a lot better now that they found their quarterback. Give me the Cowboys to win outright. outright and then why not? Florida Gator Danny worked against South Carolina. Why not Gator Kane or Danny Canel? Danny Canel. Oh, yuck. <laughs> we'll go Danny Canel. Give me the Canes. Clemson's going to be so intimidated by those tarps up in the upper deck. <laughs> they're just going to be fooled. They're going to think there's 75,000 fans out there. 
Uh, Tyler Van Dyke banged up a little, but I think he's a gamer. Uh, Canes get it done. Ew. <laughs> That's kind of gross. <laughs> it's gross. Um, all right. I've got uh, for mine, uh, we'll start with, hey, you know what? If, if you're going to get a little bit of value, why not let it sprinkle? Uh, Penn State plus 164. Um, let's also add in a little Tennessee plus 255 because for the content. For the content. My goodness. If Alabama sitting here with back-to-back losses to the Vols. Uh, FAU plus 132. All right, the line's a little bit too small where I was really excited to lay a full lock unit on it, but I do think that there's a decent chance that the Owls, who seem to have found their footing, Owls find their footing, uh, but they, they do seem to be playing some better football as of late. And finally, at plus 470, the ACC, wouldn't it be hilarious play of the week? Duke Blue Devils plus 470. So I like the karma on today's show. A lot Man. of fighting. <clears throat> a lot of fighting. It is uh, great, Chip. All right. <laughs> um, Tom. Um, I, I'm with Danny on two of his. So I'm, I'm right in the Danny Moneyline train this week. Oklahoma State plus 145. Same kind of. Thought process there with West Virginia and Oklahoma State, I think, is getting better as the season goes along. Illinois plus 125. I would rather bet them to win outright than to cover the spread because I feel like that's the only two outcomes. Either Wisconsin cruises or Illinois just pulls off the home win against a backup QB. Uh, My other two, Utah State plus 165 on the road and some Mountain West action. And then... I think the wrong team's favored here. Give me Georgia State plus 135 against the Cajuns who sometimes be raging and sometimes don't be. Stinky line there. I'm mm-hmm. with you. Georgia State's a better team. Bud, what you got? I got a five-pack this week. We'll see if I can actually get any of these home. I, I've had, like, the worst luck on these. Just they, I, If you bet them all the dogs, I, I, yeah. Boston College plus 180. I think Woo! BC. I think BC really needed the bye week with with with, with how banged up they got. Uh, Georgia Tech's run defense suboptimal. Now Boston College secondary also not great, uh, but I, I think BC can go down there, sleepy game for Georgia Tech and uh, and get the dub. Illinois, go and give me three of us. Yeah, yeah. I, I, we we all Dude. watched that kid play quarterback for Wisconsin last week. I think. <laughs> yeah, uh, Minnesota. With the quarterback play in this game, the very I know like <laughs> low total dog says take the points, but I genuinely do think the quarterback play leads to insane variance in this game. So I'm gonna go ahead and take that 160. And I've got two pretty sick ones from the Mountain West. Nevada going to San Diego State plus 425. Look, should oh. San Diego State be favored? Yes. Are they in any way trustworthy? No. No. Uh and in Colorado State, plus 260 to go into UNLV and, and spring the upset. So mm. we'll see if I can, you know, pizza money. It does feel yeah, like yeah. we've leaned a little bit too far on the UNLV side for, like, exceeding expectations, yes, but is the infrastructure of that team ready to stand up against expectations? I, I can rock with that. All right. My cash well, register with San Diego State this year has just been betting their opponents running back or rushing over total. It's 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 money every single week. <laughs> San Diego State with a bad run defense. Truly, college football has flipped into the upside down. Uh, This Moneyline Sprinkle segment has been brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make every moment more.
All right. That's a that's a good locks episode right there. Good work, boys. Thank you, sir. Yeah. <laughs> Just, you know, it you know, we pour a lot into this. You know, I, I, obviously the 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 big the cover three tailgate that shows up, they they know that it's a it's a physical, mental, emotional challenge. But we do it all for you all. And we will be back Saturday night, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Busy night slate. We'll have a lot to talk about in the immediate future. But, of course, unpacking our takeaways from Ohio State, Penn State, Alabama, Tennessee, and so much more. Watch Danny Cannell on CBS Sports HQ live from Columbus. Uh, coverage, fr- are you flying out today? Yeah, yeah, yeah flying out tonight. Coverage Friday, coverage Saturday, yeah, all day Friday, all day Saturday. Uh, be sure to check them out. And if again, if you are in Columbus, uh, give DK a shout and uh, make sure to show him a good time. And you can follow him on Twitter at Tom Pernell. You can follow him at Danny Cannell. You can follow him at Bud Elliott 3 You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Thank you. See ya. Time has come for drag queens to save the world. world. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars is back on Paramount Plus, and for the first time ever, I want you to use your talent for good for a change. (laughs) Eight iconic queens are competing for the charity of their choice. This is how you do drag. Who will slay it forward, win cash for their favorite cause, and a coveted spot in the Drag Race Hall of Fame. RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars. New season streaming May 17th exclusively on Paramount Plus. Go to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Terms apply.